0: The markets got slammed today, ladies and gentlemen. This was the worst trading day since June 2020. We saw the Dow down 3.9%, the S&P down 4.3%, and the Nasdaq had its worst day since March of 2020 when it fell 5% today. What do we do from here? We're going to talk about it during this show. Welcome everyone to a special edition of Buy Hold Sell. This is Markets in Turmoil. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith. And Toby, I have to say, we've know that the inflation data came in too hot this morning. That's what really had the bears going crazy on Wall Street. But this sell off today, this isn't a knee jerk reaction. This sounds like it's going to be something that could continue on at least for the next few weeks and at least going into next week's Fed meeting when they meet and decide on what interest rates are going to be. But what do you think?
1: Well, I mean, let's cut this into a couple of pieces here. I swear to God, my number one thesis of why uh, money managers and, and analysts under the age of 45 have been so freaking wrong on this thing is because they weren't alive in the 70s and the 80s. I always like to say, geez, my first house, a 14 and a quarter percent mortgage. First car I ever had, I had to wait in you know gas lines for 45 minutes to fill up an eight gallon VW Rabbit. If you don't have any context for this, then I, I got a note from a, a dear friend of mine. There's a, a advisor um, at, a, at the place I started called InvestorPlace.com. His name is Luke Lango, And his note is like just hilarious. No panic, stop only retraced recent gains. Oh, really? Uh, S&P held 39.25. Well, you know, that is right. 39.25. But I'll tell you, our number is 3,600. And when then the real inflation numbers come out, the, uh, typically S&P is going to be at the 3,000 or 3,200 range. They don't yeah. understand that that the inflation that we have right now is the sticky stuff that doesn't go away, meaning shelter costs. Shelter costs are one third of the CPI and rents are made in six month and 12 month periods. But Mostly they're made in 12 month periods. So when you raised rents 21%, that's for the rest of the year. It doesn't go away. Shelter costs also include, you know, your your utility bill. The utility bill is not going south, it's going north. And uh, you know, it's they're fixing. So you add it all up. Our number was was, you know, something like eight, one percent. It came out to be nearly one eight, one percent. But the market, I love the term was over their skis. The market was convinced, you know, on the narrative of a Fed pivot was at hand. That we were going to get enough information here, and I don't think they have a freaking calculator, Todd. You know, I don't think they have. I don't know what they have. I know they got an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. But it's uh, to think that you know we were going to get this big dip, and that was going to signal that the Fed could go easy in September is insane. Whoa.
0: Well, I think the biggest thing was, is that we've seen the Fed already provide action. We saw them raise rates. We've been seeing a 75 basis point hike. We, the yeah. expectation, I think, is because of what they have already have done. And plus with gas prices coming down as much as they have. I mean, this has been a, a news story nationwide where it's something like, I don't know, 60, 70 consecutive days that we've seen gas prices drop. And and then you also take into consideration that what's, taken, what's happening with the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is helping bring those gas prices down. But I think overall, Wall Street's thinking, okay, now things are going to, we already hit peak inflation. We start seeing those numbers come down. And I think that's where the consensus came in, where everybody was, they were thinking headline, but the worst part is they were thinking headline was going to be minus 0.1% and core was only going to be up three tenths of a percent. Here, we actually had the headline up 0.1%. Core was a 0.6%. I mean, that's the scary number. I think that's where everybody starts going, oh my goodness. The second the number came out, we were actually up or futures going into today, 8.30, the print comes out, and then immediately Dow is showing down 300 yeah. at the open, and it was just selling all the way long. And I have to suspect this is going to continue at least until tomorrow and likely into next week once the Fed gets together next Wednesday. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, you know, i always always tried, you know, we have to say to someone who's listening that what is your investment horizon? I manage money and advise people who are already wealthy and who are over 60 years old most of them and they've already made the money they don't want to lose it so i'm i guess i'm you know except we're up now 48 percent this year while the market's down 20 percent. why because we were right about saying that you know our, our my favorite term the regs the the energy and the nuclear power and everything else that now the west needs desperately and is shutting off from russia has increased those prices right but if i was 25 then i would be the i would be the person buying you know the qqqs a little bit today and but understanding that you don't don't Look at your 401k for freaking you know a, a year. I mean because it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. Stocks go up in value overall because earnings go up in value. And we just went through this period of 12 years where the Fed did nothing but make stocks more valuable. They they cut rates. They they did everything you could possibly do. And now that's reversing. And I guarantee freaking to you that half of the people who manage money certainly haven't been in an inflationary period. Probably started you know after 2010 where they've been in this. Goldilocks environment. They've never seen what happens to tech. I mean, we've already had the the crash of the SPACs. Then we had the crash of the IPOs and no earning IPOs. Right. The only thing that's left are the you know Nasdaq stocks that and S and P stocks that on a, on an earnings basis typically 15 times earnings is is the number. And the biggest fans, Microsoft, you know, uh, uh, Amazon, Apple, etc., together are selling it 37 times forward yeah. earnings. So so where else are you going to sell your stuff? You're going to sell the Stuff that is twice is selling at twice the overall valuation. Not that they're not great companies, but great companies can be overvalued on a relative basis, relative to all sorts of, of uh, you know other issues. And right now, the idea that the, well, let me just stop and just say this: the only way you stop inflation is you have to have the, the Fed funds rate. That's the that's the lowest rate of funds available. That has to be higher than the inflation rate. That's the only way that any of these recessions have stopped. And we're not even close to that. Not even I mean, close. We're, we're, I mean, you're, t- tell, tell the
0: listeners that. I mean, you had year over year inflation at 8.3%. Right now, you're looking at a Fed funds rate that's nowhere near the target. That they're actually we're talking today that see it at four percent. And even if that's the case, you're you're right. The margin is so wide, we're not even close. Yeah, not, Those numbers are not going to crisscross anytime soon. Right. Well, that's the
1: thing. You you literally have to there's there's two things that end a Fed bear market. One is that the Fed fund rate goes higher than the inflation rate right? Because now all of a sudden you can make a, a, a case that forward earnings are, are, are being overly discounted, right? But then the second issue is that you have to, that inflation has to stay down and something's got to break. The idea that we're going to have this soft landing, I, I can't even stand that word anymore. I mean, what does, I what know. does a soft landing mean, right? Yeah, Soft landing means is that you could take inflation rates down and you wouldn't crack the market. But we have never, other than in the 70s, had inflation like this with an energy crisis, a wage Spiral. I love the. I just love California. That there's a bill that just passed. So we're going to pay our uh, food service workers twenty two dollars an hour. I was thinking back to my food service days, Todd, in the 70s when I was making three dollars <laughs> and twenty five cents an hour. But but I mean, it's it, the economics are ludicrous. Remember, California was also the state. And I'm a native Californian, right? But I just think they've lost their minds. They were going to send everybody a check for twenty five hundred dollars because gasoline prices were were so high. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. If inflation is too much demand versus supply why? How is that going to help their inflation, right? Well, they don't understand economics. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand uh, it's an election year and we're draining our strategic petroleum reserve like crazy, but gasoline prices are not what's giving us inflation. Gasoline prices are are less than, you know, one and a half percent of the CPI. The big boys, three percent, one third percent is shelter costs. The next big boy is energy costs. You know, the other big one is medical. And here's what we had today. What crushed was not gasoline. And I don't know why Somebody was so excited. Oh my God, my gas is down at dollars. So therefore, you know, Gas could be down. The big issue is that food prices. I mean, maybe a lot of these guys, all the food they get is from uh, uh, like the delivery services. So yeah, there you go, Todd. I got, yeah. I got you, now. you know, I maybe, know. The, maybe these managers, they don't go shopping. They, they just get it delivered every day from, you know, the, one of the food service deliveries. So they don't have any idea what it is to, to have a basket full of goods, but food prices are up eight and a half percent. Those aren't going down, Todd, because, you know, quote unquote inflation that's because their costs of planting, their cost of fertilizer, their cost of diesel fuel are all are all you know significantly higher. Um, and then the other one was medical services. So what did we have here? You know, today we had fifteen thousand nurses in Minnesota on strike. We have a coal, We have a, a train conductor and, and train services people strike coming. There is no way in God's green earth that core inflation is going to come down unless you do one thing, and that one thing is is that you smother the economy enough that you have not only you have negative growth but you also then start to have layoffs you start to have on a, on a reasonable basis if if we have uh, five million people uh, w- uh looking for work and we have 11 million jobs available if that's a real number which i'm not quite sure it is but let's just, just say it is we could lose six million jobs and we'd still be at a 3.7 percent unemployment rate Tom, well um, talking about the job losses i mean like bloomberg was talking about
0: it today you know jp morgan saying that deal fees are shrinking 50 percent they're even saying it's uh um, they're citing caution on job cuts. Uh, they're they're also shaking up their fixed income business. Citigroup is warning trading revenue is dropping a securitized products drag. Yeah, that's going to lead into, into more layoffs. You know, boo, hoo, hoo. COVID's cutting several hundred jobs. I, it's Wall Street, but I got to tell yeah. you, that leads the pack. I mean, you have you will if you start seeing job losses there in finance in the finance sector, you're going to see that eventually happen for the other sectors. Adjusted it it, history has shown that that is the case, and I have to say that. That we will be seeing those job losses the question now though is that you have a, an inflation uh, print that came out hotter than expected even though gas prices are dropping yet the fed is going to be talking and they're data dependent they came right out and said they're data dependent yeah. we can only suspect they will be increasing rates by at least 100 basis points if not more at next week's meeting the question remains is what are they going to do after this because you're going have you have an uh, an employment report that's coming out in a couple weeks another Inflation report. They're not meeting in October. They might actually have a, a one of those intra meeting uh, yeah. uh, times where they all have to get together on a conference call and talk about hiking rates again. I mean, when's this going to end? And yeah. I don't want to make this political, but yeah. you have you know with Biden since he took over in January of 2021, you actually have inflation's up 13 percent since he took office. I mean, it's government spending that is causing a lot of this, Toby, and you, I, you know that, well, that it that's is. that's true, Todd.
1: Todd, you're, you're now you have your like your. Pol- political glasses on which don't allow you to see the rest of the world i um, but not but, uh, but, but there's look at, look spending inflation. Energy, energy is the core of every economy okay, and I when know. energy prices go up the way they have I mean again it's not just it's natural gas it's gasoline it's plastic so on and so forth that is Joe Biden did nothing about that he was it was a you can make the argument that the, the next stimulus check you know the last stimulus check raised uh, demand for goods not services goods totally get that energy is the drive driver of all economic issues and when it goes up two or three hundred percent that throws everything out of kilter so you can't blame that on joe biden now what you can say is that that the biden administration has drained the strategic petroleum reserve to the point that it's lower than like 1984 and it was just getting filled up in 1984 and that yeah uh, that we you know our energy security could be a jeopardy except for the fact of course we're the united states and we make more energy than we consume right now but it's a global market and when they Start buying oil again because you know right now they're selling it at auction. But uh, when they start buying again, and we're this tight, and Russia's not delivering any, we could be back at a hundred dollars. And then I would blame it on Joe Biden and say you took the easy way out to try to get some votes to get gasoline prices down fifty-nine uh, days in a row, which by the way has never happened. It's only happened when you open up the strategic petroleum reserve and then right. an excess amount of supply. But the market is seeing through that. And my biggest fear is that we get you know that we get hit with another oil uh, number because. I mean, just because, again, I follow the oil markets extremely closely. In the Permian Basin, that's where everybody is fracking for oil and text. They were getting up to about 380 drilling rate. They're now down to 220 drilling rate. Now, you would say, geez, of all these high prices, why wouldn't you be drilling the hell out of that zone? But the energy industry changed. They, you know, raised $3 trillion and fracked the hell out of everything. And gee, all of a sudden, by 2018, prices started dropping. And now a price of you know oil went down to $25 a barrel. So they were losing money. So they're not going to be participating in that. Joe Biden, Donald Trump. Nobody else can make somebody go drill unless they want to, you know, take over a, a large company and, and blah blah blah. Which that's not going to happen. So, food, okay, what's the number one cost? What the number one cost for? food is energy. It's diesel okay. fuel and it's fertilizer. Uh, 40% of all fertilizer in the world is made in Europe and in Russia and in Ukraine. And it's not going anywhere. Right, but but, but but you have to admit though, the numbers are there. The facts are there.
0: And I know you're what? right. The it's facts not, of what? what what's uh, there? Uh, Biden. Biden, the numbers are there. It's showing 13% inflation since he took over. You see it. I mean, I'm not making but You just. you just disregarded
1: what I said about energy just, that he had no control I about.
0: got that. I got what you're saying about the energy. I'm just making Making a point about the number. I'm just giving you the number. That's all I'm saying. It's well, about that. That's
1: number. like saying. That's like saying. You know, today in uh, Scottsdale, it's 105 degrees. Oh, <laughs> and, and and I would say, well, is, is is there a reason behind it being 105 degrees? I mean, you know, the the the, the weather changes. I. I, I but you're. But that's a
0: weather fact. If it's a. If it's 100 degrees, 105 degrees, you, you know that's that, that's a fact. That's
1: a number. I'm just giving no. you the number. I'm not well, telling I, you, I, you. I, I get no, the number. I, okay. yeah, your number. I get the number. Todd, but okay. you're implying that the Democrats in the way that they've run the country and so <laughs> on and so forth, that they are responsible for all of that inflation. I'm They're not implying
0: that. I'm giving you the number. That's all I'm giving you. But
1: that's that's a number in the space of 100 other numbers. Why does one okay. number make a difference? That's all I'm saying.
0: I don't know. Move that's on. the number I read. That was the headline number I saw. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm giving you. That's all I'm giving you.
1: Well, but that's, crazy but that's like, again, that's like saying it's 105 degrees. Well, why 105 Well, there's 20 reasons why it's 105 degrees. It's not just one reason. Uh, and the end number is involved a lot of other steps. Okay. And again, if you just look at food, 40% of the cost of food is energy. 30% of the cost is fertilizer. Did the Democrats do anything to hurt the fertilizer business? No. Did they do anything to get the Russians to stop uh, doing gas? <laughs> I mean, no. Today, no. you know, maybe, I mean, maybe you're trying to say, is you know, if Donald Trump was there, his friend Putin wouldn't have invaded the, Ukraine. <laughs> They're not saying that, is, that at all. Okay. Here's Saying to... you're,
0: you're, you're saying that. I never said anything about that. All right. Never... <laughs> All right. Move on. All right. Let's move on. All right. Well, listen, let's talk after the break because we got to talk about what investors should be doing. I know what you're saying, their proximity to retirement with with, uh, with, with their retiring next week or whatever it is, yeah. but there still has to be some guidance that's given to, to our listeners. Let's talk about that after the break, Toby. Please stay with us for the special edition of Buy Sell Markets and Tournament. We'll be right back. Thank you. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey, Journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Emily's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the Consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? Welcome back everyone to buy, hold, sell special edition. Markets in turmoil. The Dow crushed today down 3.9%. NASDAQ was down over 4%. And or, I'm sorry, down 5%. S&P 500 was down over 4%. Actually, out of the S&P 500, 490 of the stocks were down today. Truly it doesn't, it's, it's not a good sign at all. Um, up and down. I mean, you could take any type of, uh, trader that's out there. It's not good, especially for those that have their 401ks and, and they uh, they might be saving for college. Tuition, et cetera, et cetera. Everything is down today. It's not looking good. The question is, does this continue? And we're trying to address that right now. But Toby, when we start looking at these numbers, I mean, everything was down across the board. But even Bitcoin was down nine and a half percent today. Well,
1: Bitcoin is uh, Bitcoin is almost a hundred percent correlated with the with the Nasdaq with the QQQ. Um, there you uh, go.
0: But you, know, you
1: really had to dig deep to
0: find a winner. The question is, what would you advise? Well, I would right now? Not, I mean, What I, would I, you I, recommend?
1: I, yeah, I, I think there's three issues here. Number one. Um, This is a very unique uh, situation for markets because this is the, uh, in 40 years, there's never been a time where bonds are down 20% and stocks are down 20%, literally one time. Now, why is that? Because, you know, without beating the dead horse here, we had 12 years of of a highly unusual monetary policy that encouraged people to speculate in Bitcoin and speculate in houses and speculate in in no-earning stocks and speculate their asses off, right? Because there was no alternative. You were getting zero percent, you know, in risk-free assets. So if you're getting nothing, then you know, to take no risk, you, you will take risk, right? Then we got um, you know, we got the the pandemic hit, you know. Anybody's gonna I make mean, you know the term black swan, right? Well, we got hit by this black swan. And what did happen? We opened up another six trillion dollars of free money and lowered interest rates and so on and so forth, which made all the assets you know go crazy. I keep telling you about my neighbor down here who just bought a house that was up thirty-six percent from a year ago. I assume he never actually looked at that. And when that thing comes back another 36%, multiply that by, you know, five or six million homes. We were in yeah. a completely hyper-unusual situation and now you throw on the next, you know, black swan, you know, there's an unplanned for event with a war in, not, in in Europe, which actually the Russia, you have to think about the Russian energy as a war against Europe. It's not just against Ukraine. It's against Europe. Mm-hmm. It's just using natural resources as opposed to bullets except for you know, Ukraine. And thank God the Ukraine are kicking those SOBs ass. Yeah, right. Right. And I just cumulatively add that together. Twelve years of Nirvana. I would love seeing that the guy from Nikola is, is getting a rain today. The, the truck EV truck company. The most money we ever made in our hedge fund or in my managed account was uh, because I went down to the Nikola plant and I had a chance to see what they were doing. And it was legit stuff. We bought into their back, and then we bought options on the thing. It's a thing. The stock went from twelve dollars to ninety six dollars in three days. Stocks don't do that. That whole SPAC concept just sucked in every Robin Hooder and YOLO and, you know, and hold yep. and so on and so forth. All the do-it-yourself. Uh, I'm sorry? All the do-it-yourself investors. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the retail investor. Of 55 yeah, DIY. million accounts were opened with the average uh, uh, account of $1,800, right? So yeah. we've gone through all of that unusual, I mean, historic behavior and historic yeah. speculation. That has to get unwound. And the way it gets unwound, particularly with 8% inflation, is the Fed has to raise their rate higher than the inflation. Inflation rate, And that's what people have missed. So cash is a strategy. We're still, you know, 73% in cash and, yep. you know, short term bond. EVV is a you know, one of the short term, short duration mutual funds. And we sit there making 3%. And the 25% that we're investing in, we're making a killing because we know the energy space. We, we know the now the fertilizer space. I can't tell you I was the king of fertilizer until net gases prices went up five times in, the, in Europe. And really,
0: where does that? Of uh, course you were.
1: Yeah, what was a fertilizer come from? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's um, so those type of, I call it the regsit stocks, the, the stocks that benefit from the West, um, you know, essentially ostracization of anything that has to do with Russia. Um, I, they're making money, but these are like three PE stocks. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll talk about one that I love. I mean, I guess we talked about uh, LG Industries, LXU, uh, earlier this week, or last week, hell, I don't know. Last week. I, Friday, I know, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's fertilizer. company's up 25% since we pitched it on Friday. It was up Eleven percent today. Yeah. So there's stocks that are going up, but it's not tech stocks. And the final leg of this whole bizarreness is th- there are individual investors who have never owned anything but a tech stock for twelve years, and they made a shit ton of money. Yeah. But that age is over now. It's over because interest rates were negative, and those earnings in the future you could you know didn't have to discount very much because the, uh, there was no thing. Now now we have the reverse. Now right. now we have such high inflation that you have to discount those earnings at a significant number. And so you got it's like, boom, change your face. And now, you know, I used to love semiconductors. We made a ton of money with semiconductors. But in December, when Jay Powell, Jay Powell, my friend, finally said, okay, we were wrong. This this, this stuff is not, uh, you know, uh, going away. We're going to have to fight inflation. The first thing we did is sell our semiconductors. Why? Because they were selling at 30, 40 times earnings. And when interest rates go up, that means you discount those earnings more and those earnings become much less valuable. Right. So that's already happened. I mean, I'm almost ready. To buy some semiconductors now because they, they're down 60, 70, 80 percent. Okay. Right now, cash is a strategy, short duration, you know, ETF is a strategy. And then yeah. and then, you know, the 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 Rexit stocks that um are, are gonna, I mean, again, LXU, their earnings are gonna be up six times six hundred percent year over year. Now that sounds like a tech stock, right? Except that it's selling at a 2.5 you know price to earnings ratio, which I don't know, you know, if our listeners know that's really cheap since the market yeah. itself is. <laughs> 17 average forward PE, right? right? So that's the type of things that make sense. But cash is a strategy. We've been saying that since we started doing this stuff. And um, and people pretend that they're long haulers until their, uh, you know, their Microsoft is down 40% or their Snowflake is down 80%, et cetera, et cetera. And those are the people, uh, we have run, run a column that we just follow people on um, on Twitter, the HODLers, you know, hold on for dear life people and the, the FOMOs, <laughs> for fear of missing out. Yeah. And now these guys are showing their 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 investment statement and it's down eighty percent and and yeah. then they. Like, like, they're proud of it. I mean, it's
0: the funniest damn thing I've ever seen. It's pretty uh, crazy. Well, yeah. well, you are you are right about the cash. I mean, when you take a look at right now, Goldman Sachs has an online savings account uh, they're, they're, with their bank. It's called Marcus. And yeah, yeah. one point nine percent right now, and that is not even taken into into account what the Fed is going to do next week. Fed raises rates next week, which they will. Uh, that rate is actually going to go up. So what we should see that that savings rate jump over two percent, which in the grand scheme of things, you're still not beating inflation. However, that's a hell of a great rate on savings, considering I don't think any other bank out there is paying yeah. anything well, close to that. So that is a good one.
1: But here's where cash is in great because it was just like in January when we were getting all the information in 2020 about how bad China was and how that information wasn't get, going getting out. And so we, we sold, we went to cash, we showed the market, and lo and behold, the pandemic hit. And I'm not saying that we were you know omnipresent or omniscient, I should say, but I mean, we had... D- people on the ground at Micron and other places saying how bad it was. So by having that cash and then having this crash in in March of 2020, man, we were able to buy historic things. I mean, we have people who've retired, hundreds of people who retired just on the income they're now getting by buying MLPs for 70% off like they were going out of business or mortgage rates that were going out of business, okay? So having cash in a time like this when clearly there's there's a chance that the S&P 500 is going to be down, you know, our, our low base case is 3000 It's $3,900 now and change. Having cash at that time means that you're going to have another historic opportunity. But if you're sitting in a bunch of stocks that are all upside down, you're not going to have that historic opportunity because all you're going to have is stocks that are historically down and you're not going to have any cash to take advantage of. And so that's why cash is a strategy when the Fed is raising rates as angrily and necessarily as they're going to and that inflation is so embedded that they're going to have to do what Paul Volcker did in the, you know, the early 80s. Uh, as I say, it's hard for our listeners to believe this, but with my 14% mortgage for my first house, the 10-year bond was at 19%. That's unimaginable to people. Yeah. The Fed funds rate was 18%, went up to 21% for like a month. Yeah. But, but when you get inf- these inflation prices uh, embedded, that's the only way you can get it. Because the otherwise, I mean, the other true story of how why this is so important is if you're one of these 60% of households in the United States who lives paycheck to paycheck, and your paycheck doesn't go up 9% but your cost of living goes up 9% then all of a sudden you know somebody can't eat somebody can't pay the utility bill in Pima County where I live uh, the eviction rate is is now up from like 3% two years ago to 18% you get evicted you you know you lose your car you lose your ability to work you lose your work you go into it it is that's what inflation can do it can just absolutely rob the livelihoods of people and that's what the Fed is more concerned about, because they've seen that you know they've seen that shit show before, and we just right. haven't seen it for you know 50 years. What am I? Yeah, it's, it's 40 years. Um, yeah, and and that's the sad part. I mean, that's that's brutal. And and look at what's happening in in you know the countries. Look at what's happening in the UK. 22 percent
0: inflation there. It's what Goldman's saying
1: that they 22 percent, and and, yeah. the, and we haven't got to the energy bills yet. Um, yeah. I mean, they're going to put something like $200 billion into the system to pay for the your, your gas bill because, excuse me, instead of $300 a month uh, for the average flat in uh, London, it's going to be between $2,500 and $3,000 a month.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. people so can't they, afford that. Right. And yeah, that's so the other the picture. Yeah. The other picture is that it's not just United States recession, Todd. The uh, Europe recession is already on. Oh, it's it's worldwide. It's it's going to be brutal. Um,
0: Worldwide, Toby. And, you know, it's interesting when you really start thinking about some of these things, you start looking at not only the the issues with inflation, like you mentioned, in in Europe and then also here in the United States, but it is a worldwide issue. But now you start seeing how it's impacting the poor and how are people that are that poor and that desperate, how do they react? That's the scary part because now you're getting into an entire social issue, right? There's no question where you're creating a social disease, and you have to you have to wonder. I mean, from a safety standpoint, I mean, things are, might get out of hand real quick. So well, governments around the globe right now are scrambling yeah. to try to solve this, and they haven't been able to yet. Yeah. So we have to wait and see. Yeah, and I, I think that's another, where the fear comes in. Yeah, out.
1: I'll tell you another thing about. This is going into the wayback machine, but. When you have cash and you get into this situation where, uh, where no risk assets are having to go up into the 5%, our, our base case right now is that the Fed has to go to at least 5% uh, and, and possibly 6% to get uh, higher than the inflation rate in the next 90 days. When that happens, you're going to be able to buy a tax-free muni bond. Let's take California because they have the highest tax rate. You would buy a a, a, a short term muni bond. You'd probably go ten year bond. You'd be getting about five and a half percent tax free, which in in California is like getting nine percent, and it's you know they're one hundred percent guaranteed by insurance. Yeah. So another reason to have cash. I mean, if, if I go back to my bond days in the early part of the eighties, when I was uh, when I was telling stockbrokers and other people that look at this ten year bond. This is like nineteen eighty one. Is never going higher than ten percent, and of course it went to eighteen percent. Right? Oops. Um, it's beyond your imagination. What's What's really about today is is the inflation rate and the interest rates that have to go to kill it is beyond the imagination of certainly the average investor, but certainly the money managers uh, who, unless you're a hedge fund guy and can flip, you know, long short, long short, uh, the hedge fund guys should be crushing it, and some of them are this year. For the first time in i don't know 20 years but Mm -hmm. but but having cash allows you to maybe uh, lock in some bond rates a 30-year bond rate at five six percent are you kidding me just throw have that in your roth ira and 30 years from now your roth ira is tripled in value and then you get to pull that money out with no taxes
0: pretty incredible yeah i
1: know yeah yeah and and
0: and for the, for the listeners there, Toby's given the touchdown signal right there. So, uh, absolutely. I mean, oh, well, let's, no, you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree with you. Okay, so let's, let's leave it with this. Here's the final question. Okay, and I know we're going to have a, another show coming up later on this week, but what do you think the Fed is going to do next week? If now Wall Street is talking about a 100 basis point increase, what do you think? Is it yeah. going to be 75? Are you thinking 100? Are you thinking more? what do no, you think I, is going to
1: happen so uh, up until about an hour ago <laughs> um, my base thesis is is that the fed has sold the market on 75 basis points everybody expects 75 basis points Th- therefore that is the that is the lowest number my second thesis is is that if they went to 100 basis points in other words 1% so g- going from 3 and a quarter percent to 4 and a quarter percent Excuse me. We're at two point seven to three. So going to four percent, you know, yep. out of the would scare the crap out of the market because it would yeah. be, it would be giving the, the the essentially the instruction that we effed up. We're so far behind the curve here that we have to go in a historic move, just like Paul Volcker did, um, because this thing's out of control, and yep. we can't do anything about rents. We can't do anything about you know energy. We can't do anything about fertilizer prices and food prices, and we can't do anything about healthcare costs in the United States. So therefore, the only thing we can do is follow what Tobin Smith has been saying since freaking May of <laughs> this year. And we have to smother the economy. And we yep. need to kill some jobs. We need to kill demand. Yeah. And that's the price we're going to pay so that we don't have riots in the street because right. The 60% of households in the United States who live paycheck to paycheck can't p- play their feet freaking rent. Yep. And they can't feed their kids. Yep. Uh, and you have You're a big, spot on. Yeah. You, know I mean? you are spot on with this. I'm so, what's spot. the
0: number? Give it, give the listeners a so number. So, the base of that a- is I'm going
1: to say, uh, uh, because it's, uh, it, it, there's going to be you no, know, they're in the blackout period now, obviously. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm now leaning towards 100 points, now uh, 100 based on 1%. Uh, I, I do have a few bets with people that involve tequila bottles uh, and they're good tequila <laughs> bottles, not just you know crappy stuff. Um, so I have a few existing bets on 75, but unless there was a, some total turnaround, uh, because I think the other side of it is, you know is we're short the market right now. But let me give you another thing that blows me away, Todd. Okay, tell me. The VIX, the measurement of fear. You would think, that just like in March of 2020, when we were down, uh, you know, essentially 1,500 points on the Dow and you know the S and P and Nasdaq, etc. When that happened, the VIX went to 38, 39. In other words, it, it, that's the that's the you know the high fear level. We are today, right now, at 27.27. The VIX went up 14% on the worst day since 2020. How did that happen? I mean, you tell me. <laughs> well, what it says is is that a the VIX probably is not working correctly. B that a lot of the big players are using the futures market, not the option market, to hedge themselves, and and a lot of people are hedged up. What it says is is that nobody ran out and bought uh, put options on you know the QQQs today much. Because they were already in cash and net short the futures, which has a lot more leverage. The futures has, you know, in some cases, hundred to one leverage. That's what it's saying. But it also is saying that we haven't seen any, you know, quote unquote, capitulation where the retail uh, investor just calls their broker or goes online and says, screw it, sell everything, get me out of here, I can't stand the pain. Because the retail investors, they're the ones who, you know, uh, who would be buying the put options and all that stuff so i've never seen anything like this there's never been anything where the vix is so calm relatively calm on the on the worst day for the the stock market in uh that's it
0: well and and to add to that too volumes were down trading volumes were actually surprisingly lower than average today which was a bit, bit bizarre okay here's what i'm thinking toby I do agree with you at 100 basis points. I do think the Fed that is got to be it's got to be 100 basis points. But especially since they're so data dependent, however, I do think that there could be an argument made over the next few days as the before the Fed meets, are actually getting together for a two day meeting next week. I think there can be an argument of looking at 125 basis points. And here's why I say that: you have it, you have the retail sales number coming out. If the number is hot, and remember, a lot of big retailers like Target, Walmart, they were saying that back to school shopping season was actually very robust. If that's the case, yeah. you're seeing that number. That means people are spending money. Hey, that means you still are looking at job growth. You got that coming out. You got consumer sentiment coming out Friday, and you also next week we go. We start off on Monday with um, with um, housing, real estate numbers start coming out next week. Now I know the Fed's getting together on Tuesday. They vote on Wednesday. Then you have the announcement, and then the Powell speech right after that at two fifteen Eastern on Wednesday to tell us what's happening. I think that there is there there is critical data points that can still signal an even more aggressive rate hike. More than 100 basis points, I can actually see an argument being played out for 125. Well, then, we shall see. Yeah, then,
1: they, then the market would crap the Fed. Right, uh, it really would. But
0: that's exactly what yeah. the Fed needs. And you here's know, the I, other side of this. And I know you don't want to talk about politics, but if you do that now in September and you start, you rip off that band aid, that should give a little bit of a, of a positive outlook, hopefully, a positive outlook leading into those midterm elections, the midterm election uh, in November. And if that's the case, you might have voters to say, OK, things are improving. I get it now. I see what this Inflation Reduction Act was supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. there, there's that political uh, posturing that could actually take place and hopefully uh, win the Democrats some uh, some votes. But yeah, I, I don't know. Time I mean, I, you
1: know, that, that seems pretty linear to me um, okay. as opposed to just uh, – the, I went to the market today and the same stuff that I bought, you know, two months ago was $30 more. And so now, yeah. you know, I, I can't uh, do this. I mean, you know, you're in that situation. I will say this though. Remember part of the whole uh, raising of rates is basically when you, when Fed raises rates, that means that that raises the, uh, the return on no risk assets. So risky assets go down in value because no risk uh, assets going up. Uh the, the, the bond market right now uh, is such that, A, some people are going to, you know, get some really historic rates, but the wealth effect or the reverse wealth effect for the, you know, remember, uh, 20% of Americans own about 90% of the wealth and the bottom 60% yeah. own 5% of the wealth. So the bottom 60 in the matrix of life and the financial markets don't count. But for the people who own financial assets, they're down about 95 billion dollars today um, and they're down you know something like 400 billion to 500 billion dollars in the last uh, two weeks. Right. At the margin, you know you don't book the three-week uh, European uh, t- t- trip when you're, you're looking at your, your net worth down and then not even talking about your house. Remember, United States is the only freaking country in the world. Where you can get a 30-year mortgage. Everybody else either has a variable mortgage that resets every six months, or you get a one-year. Yeah. That's it because their systems couldn't handle it. That so what happens all of a sudden in Canada? And by the way, I think the guy who bought this house was Canadian. I'm just going. So I don't know if he yeah. had a US mortgage or a Canadian mortgage, but if he had a Canadian mortgage, and he's really screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the, the wealth effect is going to slow down, you know, spending at the margin. Uh, right. High, Particularly high-end stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, the uh, the other thing is you can buy is these uh, inflation-hedge ETFs. So I'll, I'll bring some a, uh, next time we do one of these podcasts. Because there are some uh, inflation-hedge ETFs that did pretty well today. And we own a that's couple great. Of, I just can't remember their names, to be honest with you. That's, um, a, that's all right, because but, we are
0: going to be doing a BHS Live later on this week, and you can bring those up then. And I know okay. this inflation story is not going to die anytime soon.
1: Boy, no kidding. No kidding. Actually, my, right. my inflation uh, guru, Larry Summers, who was absolutely right, last summer, uh, saying that you can't throw $400 billion in cash and then another $200 billion in cash, another $400 billion in cash into a, a closed economy and not get, have you have know, demand rise because people now have cash and they're gonna spend it. He's been right. He's calling for 150 basis points. Yeah, I uh, you know. He, he's yeah. saying, listen, you, I mean, let's let's quit the pretense. Yes. We got a big problem here. And so uh, that would be, that would be, interesting. Yeah. and now I, here, here's my question. <laughs> if the, you go to 125 or, or, or 150, does the market actually say bravo? No, you're it over. no it's so. not. Yeah. The
0: Fed's not. I mean, the markets, Wall Street doesn't think that way. So if they're taken by surprise, it is, it's going to lead to a dramatic sell-off. And when we say dramatic, we're talking thousands of points lower in the Dow easily. If you're going anything above 100 basis points, even 100, I think is going to be damaging. But 125, 150, you really are looking at at, um, at an impact that I think a lot of Americans are going to yeah. be, it's going to be hard to stomach, that's for sure. Well, well, but and, so what we'll to say? Yeah, well, let's
1: also forget that, uh, you know, our basic uh, base case has been we're in a bear market. So when you're in a bear market and you rise up like we did, you know, June, July into August to that support level, key support level, forty-two, thirty-one, and you go over it and you stay over it, the, the market is saying that, you know, economics are going to get better in the future. Well, it did not. And it, you know, sank right down to 38.50 or so. Then in like four days, we went up 7%. Yeah. And it failed horribly. And all that money that was made in the last four days all went away. Yeah. Psychologically, when you, you know, you've got a big smile on your face, all of a sudden you get punched in the nose that hard. After a while, you just you step back, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. We're getting a buyer's strike, uh, and you know, hey, I, I it feels this good being used. You can keep on beating me up. No, I'm you know, I feel like I'm going to just sit on my hands and do nothing, and right. that's why the that's why the VIX was so low, uh, at yeah. A, or B that everybody is hedged out, uh, you know, uh, out to the next month because they don't know what's going to happen. Well, those are what how bottoms are built. Um, but yeah. we've got to get, we have to get a real inflation number down. And, and trust me, September inflation is going to be just as high as August, maybe down a, a one tenth of one percent. October yeah. will simply because of rents. Of you remember, it's not only rents, but it's also it's called homeowners equivalent of what the value of your yep. house. The value of your house has started to come down in some areas. Some areas are down already twenty percent. Yeah. But on a national basis, that number is really not going to hit till October. So, you know, if I was a betting man and I am a betting man, um, I if I'm looking for inflation, a a meaningful inflation uh, drop, that would be for October inflation. uh, Because we measure this on a year over year basis. That was the peak of of home values was October, November of last year. Um, So there's hope here. But. Hope is worthless if you don't if, if you don't have no cash. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll leave it on that note then, Toby. All right. Well, listen, I want to thank everybody for joining us today for this Buy a Wholesale Special Edition. Markets in turmoil. We hope we answered some questions for you. We'll definitely be following up with VHS Live later on this week. So, On behalf of Tobin Smith, I'm Todd Schoenberger. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next time. Take care. Sure.
1: Virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American maritime while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnerships YouTube channel.